Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks, everybody, for joining me today. Week one in the books, Carolina Panthers came into San Francisco. Uh, check that. They came into Santa Clara to Levi Stadium, beat the 49ers 23-3 in Kyle Shanahan's head coaching debut. We're going to hear from the coach in a little bit. He took the podium after the game. And I've got some notes from what I saw. Rapid reaction here. First time through watching the game live. Got a few notes here. Going to give out some game balls at the end. If there's anybody who deserves a game ball in a 23-3 loss. And of course, what things may need to improve with this squad. If the 49ers are going to have a better season than they had last year at 2-14. and And that was with having a one-game head start. Uh, this is actually... The first time in, what, six or seven seasons now that the 49ers have not been victorious in week one. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Get those cover three questions in early for tomorrow's episode. Going to have a winky Tuesday. Nick joining me a day early this week. You can email questions to LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. Throw questions at me on Facebook at the LockedOn49ers page there. Subscribe, rate, review the show. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. You can Ask Siri, say, hey, Siri, play Locked On 49ers. Alexa, play Locked On 49ers. Uh, we're, we're everywhere. You can find, and by the way, I hope I didn't um, just ruin your guys' devices by saying that and make, make things go crazy for you if you do use Siri or Alexa. But you can find Locked On 49ers as well as all the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network just about everywhere now. And I do want to thank all the listeners. I mentioned on Twitter earlier Sunday uh, that I had 100,000 listens last month. I've had a half a million listens, actually me and... John Lund combined since the show was launched at the beginning of last season. So the course of the year, over a half a million listeners and uh, things are only growing here at Locked On 49ers and for the network. So I really appreciate all you listeners and we'll keep this thing rolling. Hopefully some more W's to talk about as the season goes along. Sunday was not a W. So let's go to the coach. Kyle was asked how it felt losing his first game as a head coach. Uh, It was disappointing, but you know, whether it was the first, last or anyone I have the rest of my career was disappointing. So I don't think it mattered that it was the first. You know, anytime you lose and lose that way, it's it's frustrating and disappointing. And um, I feel that all day today and all night. And I'm sure our players will too. And we've got to watch the tape tomorrow morning and figure out a way to get better. Yeah, Shanahan didn't seem too worried about it in the post game presser about the loss in general, but he does seem to think he can get things fixed. And look, the last two years with new coaches winning week one didn't help the overall outlook of the season and the, the win-loss record at the end of the day. So, you know, maybe losing at the beginning, getting things fixed, getting things right will uh, will be the, the right formula for this new head coach. And uh, one of the big things coming away from this this game is that Reuben Foster injury. He was carted off, which and I, and I missed the play that it happened on. I was walking back into the room with a cold beverage, and I see Reuben Foster on a cart. 
And I was not pleased when I saw that. Uh, luckily, it doesn't look as bad as it did as when he was getting carted off. But this is what Shanahan had to say after the game about Foster's injury. Um, it was more optimistic than it looked. Um, still got, still got to do more tests and stuff. He couldn't return um, some type of ankle injury. So we're going to have to look more into it. But it definitely was better than it seemed out there. They, yeah, the extra, yeah, they thought at first it would possibly tibia and stuff. And they came out and told me at halftime that that was a negative. But uh, he wasn't good enough to go back in the game. Foster in the locker room after the game, and usually players are a lot more optimistic about their return, but he said he's going to play next week for sure, and he said he feels real good and it's not a major thing. So, yeah, not a broken um, not a broken ankle or anything, but it is an ankle injury, probably some sort of a sprain, and we'll, we'll see what the official diagnosis is on Monday sometime. But, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If Ruben Foster, if this is a major injury and he goes down, he's like lost for the season, I'm just going to shut down the podcast. That's going to be it. Because this is it was one of the real bright spots for this team, and he was a definite bright spot early in this game. And, and I don't know if it was, you know, just because of circumstances or that's how the game was going in that, uh, you know, at that time of the game. But when he left the field, this game went south in a hurry. And it, it would be surprising if a rookie was that important and one player was that important to the game, aside from you know maybe losing a quarterback. But man, the, the game really, really changed after he left it. And I did hear from some folks at the game that said that people were chanting Foster's name when he came back from the locker room to the sidelines. So yeah, definitely the fans were aware and the fans were pumped. So there was definitely a vibe around Ruben Foster in that game. Uh, so, Coach, how about those fourth downs? I can't remember exactly every single one. Uh, I think in the second half it was because we needed to because of the, um, the difference in the score. But I think we were down one. It was just out of field goal range for us. And um, Liked what we had, thought we'd have a chance to move the chains, and uh, we didn't get it. But anytime you're in that type of area, anywhere between the 50 and the 35, it's always that area where do you want to punt and pin them inside the 10, um, or do you want to go for it and uh, try to get yourself in the field goal range? Possibly a touchdown. Yeah, that was a tough. Uh, that was a tough go for for Kyle Shanahan's first run. I think he made the, the wrong decision on a lot of those. Um, there were some other plays that he was just he was just really aggressive, maybe too aggressive with how good the team was running the ball how bad Hoyer was playing. Uh, they should have really leaned more heavy on the run, let the defense do the heavy lifting, run the ball, try to keep things close. Uh, he, he was definitely too aggressive in this game. It's a learning experience. He's a first-time head coach, so you know, but he's a longtime coordinator, So and he's been aggressive. That's his MO, and that's why you like him as a coach. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think think I think it's a learning experience here, and I think he may uh, may not be quite so aggressive going forward on, on every fourth down next necessarily uh, in the future. And look, they look great. When you go for it on fourth down and you get it, that's awesome. And it's a huge boost to the whole team. But then it's kind of demoralizing when you don't get it. When that happens three times, they missed on some third down plays. They went deep on on third and short a couple times. So uh, that kind of thing is demoralizing when you don't get them. And in this game, on this day, the 49ers were not getting those those big plays, those plays when they needed them on fourth down or or really on third down. And in a way, Kyle Shanahan was coaching this game. It was like it's week 16 and the 49ers are like, screw it. We don't care. You know, if we lose whatever, we get the top draft pick or something. It was like the, you know, it was like that game last in in week 17 last year when the 49ers and Browns were jockeying for the number one overall pick. And it was sort of like a YOLO situation. There was a lot of YOLO calls in that game from Kyle Shanahan. And that's the way it felt. It didn't feel feel like someone who was trying to set a foundation in week one of a season and, and of his new career as a head coach. But Kyle did have a message for the fans when asked about uh, how the fans showed up 
at Levi Stadium on Sunday for his first game. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice um, the attendance or anything, but you know, I thought the fans were great. You know, came out early in the game, and I thought they were loud. I heard all of them early. Um, I don't think we gave them much to cheer for in the second half, so um, definitely can't blame them for that. It's uh, definitely wanted to stick with us. I think this has been a great fan base for a long time. I think it still is. Um, they haven't had a lot of cheer about recently, um, but I can promise them we're doing everything we can and working as hard as we can to change that, and we're going to do it as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, I hope he's right. And I, I believe in Kyle Shanahan. I think he was a great hire. I think he's a very smart coach, and I think they're going to get this thing righted. But it's it's a young staff, not only Kyle Shanahan. It's a young staff all around. Robert Sala, first-time defensive coordinator, all young guys, first-time front office guys uh, in their positions, including John Lynch at the very top. So young staff, they're gonna they're gonna have there's gonna be some growing pains here, just like there is on the young roster. So it might not be all W's from here. But I think there is, a, you know, the ship has been righted. It's going in the right direction, and hopefully, eventually, uh, it gets right. But week one, you know, a learning experience. The, the team wasn't ready to win quite yet, and hopefully, they they are ready to win some games here coming up very soon. And one thing I will say, and is something that I was looking for when they were hiring this coaching staff, is that I wish there was still that one guy on the sideline that could just, you know, put his hand on Kyle's shoulder and be like, "No, Kyle." run the ball right here. You know, one of those, like a 70-year-old coach that's been a head coach at four different stops, and he's seen everything there is to see on a football field. I think the coaching staff still needs kind of one of those old, crusty guys to be around, just just to have that that knowledge and that experience on the sideline. All right, let's run through some game notes and give out some game balls. Let's start in the first quarter. Uh, actually, the, the game started great. Ruben Foster comes in. Makes a tackle on the first time Christian McCaffrey touches the ball in his career. It's the first tackle of Reuben Foster's career. That was awesome. And for Kyle Shanahan, the first offensive play of his of this era, the Kyle Shanahan era in San Francisco, a fullback screen to Kyle Juszczyk, a successful play. Uh, it was a cool design. And really that first drive, I loved all the play calls. I loved the play designs. They ran the ball down the field, looked really good. Third and three play was that long pass attempt down the right sideline to Marquise Goodwin, third and three, they go deep. Uh, the aggressiveness at that part of the game, I was feeling it. Uh, Hoyer definitely underthrew Goodwin. He had about three steps on the DB, and when they showed the replay, it did show that the DB actually didn't even get a hand on it. Goodwin held up, and, and he was in good position. Ball went right through his hands. So, you know, Hoyer could have thrown it better. Goodwin still should have caught it. He might have been looking into the sun there, it looked like, on the replay, but that was a missed opportunity, and that was kind of the story of the game from there was just you know, aggressive play calling and a lot of missed opportunities. They just couldn't quite get it to, to mesh. They couldn't quite get it to work offensively. And it won't show up on the scoreboard, and it doesn't show up in the wins and loss column, but it was an impressive first drive. I was excited about that first drive from Kyle Shanahan. And uh, at that point, I was kind of really excited about him as a coach because it just looked like a, a well-oiled machine right out of the gate. And really, the story of his play calling in this game, and he was really good with those scripted plays early. And then when it came down to game time plays and decisions, I think things kind of fell apart a little bit on him. So we'll see how that goes and monitor that going forward. In that first quarter, and really the whole game, the front seven came to play. It looked much improved as a group, especially as a run defense Ruben Foster makes another play on McCaffrey on a screen pass for no gain. And even they were, they seemed like they were getting more pressure earlier in the game with the front seven. They were that all gas, no breaks you're talking about that, that Robert Solid preaches, all gas, no breaks, extreme violence. They were playing fast and hard. But uh, all, the problem with all gas, no breaks, and in this game, they were on the field too much and eventually ran out of gas in the second half. Uh, that's where 
Ruben Foster carted off the field with a leg injury. They said he was questionable to return. Ended up not returning. Very next play, Cam Newton throws a touchdown pass to Russell Shepard. Tart missed tackle. Tart started the game pretty poorly. That put the Panthers up 7 to nothing. Carlos Hyde was running with purpose in the, it really throughout the whole game. He averaged 10 yards per carry, four rushes for 40 yards in the first quarter. And uh, but and they kind of went away from the run. I think he only carried the ball, what, nine times? Yeah, four times in the first quarter, nine times total for 45 yards, five yards per carry, really underutilized. That was that was a huge mistake in this game uh, by the play calling with Kyle Shanahan. I, I, don't, I don't really know uh, what the deal was with that, but Hyde was looking fast. He was running hard. He was he was running people over. He was looking like Hyde, but just a little bit more explosive version of, of what we've seen from Carlos Hyde. He, he looked really good out there. And that running game, that was kind of the story of the game. 49ers ran the ball 15 times total for 51 total yards. On the other side, Carolina ran the ball for not great results, 3.1 yards per carry. They ran it 38 times, though. And uh, so they ran it more than double, almost triple the amount of times. And part of that is running out the clock at the end of the game. But even early, they were still pounding it. They were still, you know, feeding Christian McCaffrey, feeding Jonathan Stewart. And that's what wears down a defense. And that's just like old school coach with good personnel and big people leaning on the young head coach that was too excited, that was too aggressive. And at the end of that game, that's that's what happens. And we saw it a lot last year with Chip Kelly. And so that's you worry about Kyle Shanahan maybe being too aggressive. And you don't want to be like that again. You want the 49ers to be the team that's taking it to the other team in the fourth quarter, running the ball down their throat. That team is gassed, and you're leaning on the team and, and running to victory. That's how you want it to look. And so the 49ers were really the inverse of that. And so that's got to get cleaned up for sure. And if you don't set the tone early with the run, then in the second half, if you're playing from behind, the script, you know, the game script makes it so that you have to throw the ball a ton. And this team isn't built for Brian Hoyer to sit back there and throw it 35 times and, and lead the team to victory, put the team on his back. It, they can't they can't play it that way. Did you guys know that Julius Peppers had signed with the Panthers again? I didn't realize he was back on the Panthers. It was kind of cool to see him get a sack, except for that it was against the 49ers. It was after Kawan Short abused Zane Beatles, which was a theme in this game, and then Julius Peppers ended up cleaning up the sack there. Uh, in the second quarter, play action pass from Hoyer. He overcorrects to Goodwin. He he underthrew him the first time. Then he he overthrows him on the next one down the left sideline. Goodwin was open. He was open a lot, especially deep. That guy is so fast. They got to utilize that. They got they got to connect on those. Man, that's two missed touchdowns, and Hoyer missed both of those throws. The first one, Goodwin still should have probably caught it. Second one was just way overthrown. So a lot of just near misses in this game. This game could have looked a lot different early in the second quarter if just a few plays would have gone uh, slightly different. I got a note in here about McCaffrey. The 49ers did, with with all the buildup with McCaffrey and Foster, Foster looked great but then got hurt and left the game. McCaffrey, uh, they, they bottled him up. The 49ers bottled him up really well throughout this game. He had a couple of okay plays. He had a nice little punt return at one point, but uh, yeah. The, the, the 49ers really did a great job on McCaffrey, and that run defense looks so much better. Even after Foster left, I was worried, and it still looked good, man. They, they still looked okay, and even as poor as, well, he was graded out poorly. Ray Ray Armstrong was. He got one of the worst grades in this game due to three missed tackles and some miscues in coverage as well from PFF. So, you know, not ideal that you have him playing so much in the game, and, and coverage is supposed to be Ray Ray Armstrong's thing. But uh, even with Foster leaving the game, they were still good defensively against the run. So props to the 49ers run defense in front seven for doing that. Now they just got to figure out a way to get pressure on the quarterback because that was 
that was a huge minus in this game for the 49ers defense. Let's talk about Kwaski T. Tart. He had that a missed tackle that ended up being a touchdown. He had the 15-yard penalty for hitting a defenseless receiver when he crushed Olsen over the middle on a huge overthrow by Cam. Totally unnecessary. A couple of bad plays from Tart to start the game, but then he made up for it later in that drive. Insane one-handed interception at the goal line. That was an amazing play, and, and props to Tart for coming back after a slow start and making a big play, and then he played really well the rest of the way. He comes down hard and runs support from that free safety position, looked pretty good. It seemed like he was in all the right spots in coverage from then on, and and good on the defensive backfield for being able to, uh, to play coverage behind a front seven that wasn't getting after the quarterback at all in this game. Seven penalties through a quarter and a half. Uh, that was... That's one of the things that a coaching staff has got to drive him crazy. And that's on, I, I got to put it on the coaching staff, bonehead plays from some of the players, and kind of everybody was getting involved there. But you got to cut down on the penalties. That just can't happen. Third quarter, Hoyer pass intended for Kittle, picked off by Luke Keekley. Uh, cannot throw that ball. That was awful by Hoyer. Things really started to fall apart in the second half. Play action pass, and Hoyer just thought that the play action was going to magically work. But I think maybe the 49ers weren't running the ball enough for play action to work. Uh, He didn't, he just threw it right to Keekly. Keekly didn't bite on the play action, fell back into his own. He was trying to throw it to Kittle. Uh, Hoyer threw it right to him. Can't happen. And this is a theme here. After the turnover, Panthers roll down the field and score. They scored 14 points off two turnovers. They scored six points off of two missed fourth down Conversion tries by the 49ers. So those mistakes not only killing their own drive, but they led to points for the Panthers. My wife on the Jonathan Stewart screen pass for a touchdown after that Hoyer pick said, oh, that looked too easy. And uh, she wasn't really even watching the whole game, but she just kind of sat down and watched and she was like, yeah, well, that was that was pretty weak. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. That's exactly, that was way too easy. And that was when it was pretty much over 20 to nothing. 49ers were done for at that point. Defense was on the field way too much. They were... Huffing and puffing, and the 49ers were suddenly in you-have-to-throw you mode, and so then the Panthers could pin their ears back and go, and there's pretty much your ball game. Hoyer, another overthrow, bad overthrow, misses Trent Taylor on third down. There's another player in the vicinity that was also wide open, just completely missed him. Uh, this is the moment the 49ers fans start calling for C.J. Beathard. I have to imagine Twitter is starting to think, hey, what's going on here? Uh, I said to Nick last week that you know after week two, 49ers go 0-2, 49ers fans just start clamoring for C.J. Beathard. I think that actually might have started in third quarter of week one in some people's minds. I didn't see a ton of that. But, uh, and, and, you know, we got a slow roll here. One week, small sample. Let, let's give Hoyer a chance. But he's got a really rough outing cut out for him next week in Seattle against a really good defense. Then there was the timeout fiasco. Kyle Shanahan was livid on the sideline, thought he got a timeout in. He was yelling at the ref for a timeout. They didn't give it to him on fourth and one. Instead, it's fourth and six, setting up a Robbie Gould field goal. So at least there would be no shutout. 49ers did get points on the board. It was 23-3 to at that point. There was no more scoring in the fourth quarter. The 49ers end up going for it again on fourth down. over uh, 3 in fourth downs in this game. This time, that goal line play, I didn't really like the play call. I didn't like the play call on that use check attempt either. You always don't like the play call when it doesn't work, right? Hyde split out wide. They try a screen pass. I just don't like throwing the ball, period, short of the sticks. You know, short of the line to gain on fourth down or on third down. Uh, Yardy, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. And it could have maybe worked. I don't know. It's. I didn't like the whole thing at that point. The 49ers were out of it, and they just had to go for it on fourth down with that one, but 
basically at that point of the game in the fourth quarter, I just kind of became more interested in revisiting the food options from our barbecue than I was, you know, writing notes about the 49ers game. But it was pretty much in the bag at that point. Uh, So let's get on to the game balls here. Game balls. Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, they get a game ball alone in first place of the NFC West after all three of the other teams in the NFC West lost in week one. For the 49ers, let's see. Reuben Foster, he gets a game ball. He was a difference maker when he was on the field. Uh, and I, I love me some Reuben Foster. If I buy a jersey, it'll probably be number 56, even though I don't buy jerseys and I don't own a jersey except for an old Visalia Oaks 1980s jersey. I take it back. I have one San Francisco Giants jersey as well that was a, a wedding gift. My wife is a Dodgers fan. She got a Dodgers jersey. I got a Giants jersey. So cool wedding gifts, his and hers sort of thing. That is the only other jersey I own besides ones that uh, I played in. Navarro Bowman and the rest of the run defense showed up as well. They should probably get a, a game ball along with Ruben Foster. From Jeff Dini of Pro Football Focus, he had a note on Twitter. One positive today was 49ers run defense, which held Carolina to just 2.2 yards per carry on first downs. 19 carries for 42 yards. Good on them, but you know that's also part of what tires out a defense. I would like to see more first down runs from the 49ers as well in this game. Then get that play action going and, and hit some big plays. But, you know, when guys are open and you're still missing them anyways, I guess it doesn't matter. Carlos Hyde gets a game ball. Should have gotten the rock more in this one with the success he was having. Pierre Garçon, otherwise not much going on on offense. Trent Brown got a pretty good grade from Pro Football Focus, so he should get a shout-out, I guess, as well. Actually, Trent Brown had the highest Pro Football Focus grade for the 49ers in this game with 82.7 overall. Pierre Garçon was next. Tank Carradine, DeForest Buckner, Rashard Robinson. Those were the top five grades of this game from PFF needs improvement. Let's see what needs improvement going into week two offensive line. Obviously that's a big one. We thought that might be a problem coming in and it was particularly the interior offensive line. I don't really remember seeing any laps from bookends, Joe Staley or Trent Brown. Trent Brown did have that false start, but otherwise they looked pretty good in pass protection. Uh, The 49ers were running the ball. Okay. Especially with Carlos Hyde, but they didn't attempt that many running plays. So it's hard to grade them out as a running offense, but their run game was okay. But that interior offensive line uh things were not especially Beatles and I wonder if I mean, there's a chance that the 49ers two best guards were inactive for this game you've got Joshua Garnett who's on IR and the newly traded for Lake and Tomlinson who was inactive in this game I gotta imagine he's gonna be active next week needs improvement the pass rush for sure according to PFF only eight total pressures all day and it's pretty impressive that the DBs held up pretty well despite Cam having all day to throw Uh, Tart had play of the game. He should probably get a game ball for that one-handed pick, but I can't do that because of some of the lapses he had earlier in the game. Uh, Hoyer, Brian Hoyer definitely needs some improvement. Uh, He needs to show up in a tough matchup in Seattle next week to keep the boo birds off him and keep the fans from calling for C.J. Beathard. Penalties. What was it? 10 total penalties by the end of this game? That's unacceptable. They got to clean up the penalties for sure. And last but not least, Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he called a great game. Uh, I think on the sideline, some things got away from him. A couple of timeouts and getting the play calls in, communication. New head coach, first time out there. I understand. I'm not going to pile on Kyle Shanahan. I'm not upset that he's the coach. I I think that the 49ers are going to lose a lot of games that he coaches well in just because this is a rebuilding team. So many new players out there, but I I think he could have done some things to help this team uh, and they were in a good position to beat an, an okay team with Cam Newton injured and, and not looking sharp. They had an opportunity to knock off the Carolina Panthers in this game, and they didn't really come close to doing it by the end, by that final score. 
All right, that's going to do it. I've been yapping enough at you about this week one contest. We'll talk a lot more about it tomorrow with Mr. Nick Winkler. Get those cover three questions in. We'll do a little mailbag and talk all about this game, see it from Nick's perspective, and then we'll start to maybe look ahead toward that week two matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow. Hit me up on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, review the show, LockedOn49ers.com. And I'll be back with you guys tomorrow on a Winky Tuesday. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17